Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into this Sheila Zelensky show. I was on Shannon Davis's show last night, so please make sure that you listen to that. And today, I'm really excited to bring you a show I think the whole world needs to listen to, particularly Christians in this day. January 2021 is really fastly approaching, and what do they have next in store? I really believe this show is going to bless you incredibly. And we're going to have mass deliverance at the end. Before I jump into the program and introduce my guest, I just want to encourage people. Most of you know now that they have pulled my backup YouTube channel down as well. All my monetization has gone. So please do help me fight back against big tech by supporting the ministry. And how can you support it? Really easy. We heard from you. And we also have now included something I've been getting a lot of requests for. People want to donate using debit or their Visa card. So we have a form available now. You just go to SheilaZelinsky.com slash donate. Make sure you jump on over there and also sign up for my e-newsletter so that you can stay in the loop. More and more things are being pulled down from big tech so you can receive important updates from me. And again, just jump on over there to SheilaZelinsky.com. We have Zelle, Venmo, Cash App, Interact, PayPal. I also would love to encourage those of you to become a monthly supporter by being one of my patrons. Over there on Patreon, we have some really cool stuff that we're rolling out in January. Private talks with me and special guests and a lot of perks, including even merchandise, or as the kids call it, merch. And listen, snail mail works too. Check our money order goes too. I really want to thank the loyal supporters, and I'd also like to encourage ones that aren't supporting that listen to this broadcast, please do support this ministry. I don't think there's any other woman out there, at least that I've found, that is a minister, an investigative journalist slash evangelist slash deliverance minister. Actually, I don't know any other women on the planet that do this except the woman, ironically, that I'm going to bring on today. So ladies, get behind us women in ministry that are doing this, like Sheila Zelinsky, Sharon Mulkey, women ministers that are watchmen that are really exposing and digging deep down into these subject matters. And speaking of digging down deep and really blessing some folks with deliverance prayer today, because again, women that do deliverance, yeah, good luck finding that nowadays, that actually do these kind of exposés. I don't know any other than this woman I'm about to bring on. And is she ever going to lay out something powerful? And I'm not going to waste any time. I want to jump right into the program. It is the one and only Minister Sharon Mulkey. Her and her husband, Monty Mulkey, good friends of the program over there at West Coast Church of Deliverance. Their website is there up on your screen. And for those on the podcast, it's WCCD.com. Amazing resources. Sharon Mulkey, I know you've got an incredible message. I'm going to throw it over to you. Get into this. Throw it back to me when you're ready. Well, it's great to be here, Sheila. And I'm excited today to share with the people what I've been shown. There's such bad news. Uh, there is hope. And I'd like to share with people, you know, what we can do during these times. I just want everyone to know that I'm going to be doing a critical analysis and comparison of the effects of the current public health practices on the stress levels and its effects 
on the American population, but truthfully, anyone anywhere in the world. Don't let the weird words put you off, but I think you're going to be really intrigued when you start seeing some parallels of what's happening in your own life. And then at the end, we're going to have some good news, and God always wants his people to go through and conquer, so we'll be having some deliverance at the end. All right, so first of all, how's everybody doing? I know with the people that I'm around here, a lot of people have been just saying, I am just so tired and fatigued. And I've heard places where they even call it this pandemic fatigue. I'm just feeling worn out and I'm feeling super stressed. So I want you to think about, have you been kind of forced to do things since the initiation of this pandemic, I think back in March, that you otherwise wouldn't do? Like uh, not being able to visit your grandma in the nursing home. That's not very nice, is it? Well, we're going to talk about what effect it is having on all of us. And sometimes we're going through things and we feel things, but we don't have the words for them. So hopefully this will help you to put into words what's going on and what we can do about it. I've heard some people even say, well, this is just torturous. It's just like torture. These protocols, they just, they're just too much to bear. And so I thought that was very interesting that they used the word torture. You don't kind of find that in the same sentence as pandemic a lot of times, right? Well, I was looking at Amnesty International on their website. And in 1975, they wrote a report on no-touch torture. I thought, isn't that interesting? What does that have to do with what we're going through today? But having someone tell me that they felt tortured kind of pricked my curiosity. And whenever I get curious about something, there I go. So Amnesty International, their definition of this word torture is that torture is the systematic and deliberate infliction of acute pain in any form by one person on another or on a third person in order to accomplish the purpose of the former against the will of the latter. And I thought, wow, that really kind of started connecting some dots for me. As you know, as Christians, we are in a spiritual war. Right, we battle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, dominions, mights, world rulers. Okay, we all know that scripture, but I think one thing that we don't think a lot about is that, you know, in this war, in this spiritual war between good and evil, we can sometimes be taken prisoner and we can actually become prisoners of war. And God says, you know, in Hosea, that we can be destroyed for our lack of knowledge. And the scripture over and over tells us, be not ignorant. I think that's the one that goads me. It's like, Sharon, you can't be ignorant about this stuff. What does the Bible say? So I got to looking it up on all of this. And the definition of torture, according to Webster's Dictionary, was to punish or coerce or afford sadistic pleasure, anguish of body or mind and agony. Or also it says it can twist or wrench out of shape, distort or warp. It says it causes person doing this, or it doesn't have to be a person, it could be lots of different entities, but they want to cause great physical or mental pain, especially in order to persuade someone to do something or to give information, specifically to do something that they wouldn't ordinarily do. And I think we can all understand this with our prisoners of war. 
that we've had like World War One, World War Two. It was used to break their will to resist. And it was used to force compliance. And I thought, wow. And then also, one of the definitions was to spin around and turn around to ring out. Well, I thought that was interesting because people are telling me I, I am worn out. I just feel wrung out. So this started to get me thinking. And then um, now sometimes people might use the word afflict instead of torture. And those of you that um, read the Bible, you find that word afflict and affliction many, many, many times in the scriptures. But in general, it's a general term and applies to the causing of pain or suffering or of acute annoyance, <laughs> embarrassment, or any distress. Isn't that interesting? And a word that can be substituted for afflict or torture was the rack. And it, the rack stresses and straining or wrenching. And isn't that interesting? You know, we've always heard the, you know, the phrase or, you know, you're on the rack and it was used to pull you apart, you know, all four limbs at one time. But I've heard people say to me, uh, as we've been talking or in conversations, they just feel strained. You know, and uh, I think of the rack when I'm thinking of this strained. Um, another way people say it is a body racked by pain. And so I just thought that this was kind of um, interesting. But, you know, in the Bible, it says fear hath torment. Well, sometimes they're interchanged, the word torture, afflict, and torment. But torment suggests the persecution or the repeated inflicting of suffering or annoyance. Now, isn't that word interesting, annoyance? Because I think of a mosquito that won't go away. You know, they're always flying around your head, and, and it's just there, and it's just there, and it just bugs you. That's no pun intended with the mosquito. Some of the words that are interchangeable um, for torture are, you know, agony, horror, misery, nightmares, terrors, even a curse or a plague, ring out like a cloth, deface, disfigure, uh, excruciating. But what I thought was so interesting is I looked up what is the opposite of that word. And you know what it had? You guys will love this. Heaven, paradise, pleasure, recreation, comfort, consolation, solace, alleviation, ease, relief, peace, and security. I just thought that those are the words that are opposite of the words that we just talked about. And this is really and where we should be able to leave, live in our society is with comfort, solace, alleviation, relief if we're in distress. Some other words that uh, you might not think about, uh, molest, molestation, to molest, to pester, you know, just pick and pick and pick or a trial. Further on, it goes into joylessness, heartbreak, sadness, sorrow, unhappiness, trouble, worry, vex. Okay, so with the current situations that we're all living under, some of these words really may apply to our life and how we're feeling. I want to talk just a little bit about torture because this just fascinated me uh, about this because I hadn't thought of it in any other context except um, prisoners of war or p people that were captured. And it's usually at least two people. You have the torture and the victim. Now, the torture can be more than one person. Uh, the torture may just represent a whole organization or like a government. If like in our prisoners of war, in the Japanese internment camps, 
Okay, so it can be like a whole nation too. It doesn't have to be just a person. But the victim is under physical and mental control of the person torturing or the, you know, like I said, in the broader sense, a company um, or a country. Also, the second element is that there is infliction of acute pain and suffering, and it includes mental and psychological pain and suffering. I want people to realize, um, maybe you know this already, but whenever we're going through emotional uh, difficulties, there is an emotional pain. But did you know that emotional pain, when we feel emotional pain and anguish or sorrow, it runs on the same nerve paths as physical pain, and it has the same effects on the body. So you don't have to be beat with 50 lashes in order to suffer a lot of pain. It can be emotional. So just kind of keep that in mind. Now, when we talk about, you know, under this definitions like that came from the Amnesty International, pain, now this is either emotional or physical, mental, is a subjective concept and it's felt internally, but it is no less real for the person that is suffering the pain, right? So just so you kind of keep that in mind. And then the third element is the intention is to make the person submit, to break their will, destroy their humanity, depersonalize them, for them to only become an object and to destroy any human dignity. This is very easy to do and this horror and terror come in and play a part here. But the third intention, and don't miss this please, is to make the person submit, to break his will and to destroy his humanity. Now this is a situation where, like in a prisoner of war, I don't want to do these things. And um, something that's very near and dear to my heart is um, I work in long-term care and our residents were locked really in uh, isolation and for their own protection, they said. But these people technically fit the definitions of solitary confinement. They could not come out of their rooms. And the effects of this have been dastardly. Uh, a lot of the residents have lost weight. Their cognition has declined. Truthfully, there hasn't been one positive outcome from that. So it's when you think of submitting, think of these your 80, 90-year-old grandma. She's having to submit and um, not be in activities and not be around other people, and she can't even be around you. This happened personally to Monty and I. When we went to Montana to see his mom, when we left, we would have been able to go and have his mother visit us outside. Well, by the time we got there, oh, they were in total lockdown because of some numbers or something. We couldn't even talk to her through the window. And I don't know about your grandma, but it has not had a good effect on our family. Uh, the fourth element is that it implies, the system implies a systematic activity with a rational purpose. Okay, you're thinking systematic, a rational purpose. So, in context of my grandmother, okay, is, you know, you have protocols that you have to follow and a rational purpose. But in my mind, I kept saying, who is this rational to? It doesn't really follow the practices that we've always used in public health whenever there's been an outbreak. And so I thought, who is this really rational 
for, the rational purpose for. A lot of these were put in place by the CDC. And one of the difficulties that we had, um, I'm a nurse, is that every week the CDC was changing its mind on what was right and what was wrong. And so that made it a little bit harder to think they knew what they were doing and caused a lot of confusion. And aligned with that fourth element, the torture is deliberate and there is an intent. It's never accidentally. Okay. So the most common purposes of torture or affliction are can kind of fall into these categories. They want confession or information, uh, punishment. Our third, uh, intimidation of the person and everyone else that it affects. And then the fourth purpose, it can be used as a political weapon. Many of you are very savvy about abuse and you know that when a person in a family, let's say one child is being abused and the other child, uh, they're not being abused, but they see all of the abuse, the effect is the exact same as the person that's being abused. And affliction and torture, according to this Amnesty International, it can be used as a stress. And why would the uh, a person who is using torture or affliction, uh, want to use it as a stress. Well, I think most of you are very aware of the effects of stress on your mind, your body, and stress is probably the leading cause of people getting sick and even developing chronic illnesses. And more and more, good science is coming back to that it is the stress that we are put under that is breaking us down. Three levels of stress that uh, we see happening when um, a person is under severe affliction or torture. Okay, you have the acute, the subacute, and the chronic. All right, so I really feel it's important that you know and you understand. Sometimes just having the understanding of what happens can take a lot of stress away. And it can enable you to see what's going on. Once you know what's going on, you can go, okay, I know what game is being played and I choose to opt out. I am not playing this game. But if you don't know, you don't know. In human terms, a stress is any event which changes or threatens to change the stability of one's environmental, physical, or mental well-being. The majority of the stresses applied to an individual are easily dealt with by um, inherited and acquired defense processes. You know, things we grow up uh, knowing, okay, I feel stressful, I'll do this. And I thought it was very interesting that they even recognized inherited emotional patterns that can um, that you may have inherited just an ability to cope. Of course, then on the other side of the nickel, you may have inherited the ability not to cope. But anyway, that's in human terms a stress, okay? And everyone has defense factors. And a lot of times people will, you know, when they say, oh, you need to learn some coping mechanisms and how to handle that. One of the things that we do to relieve stress is we talk to our friends. We go to the gym and we run and we just are with people or we go get our hair done or a myriad of things that the public health standards, you know, are saying, no, we can't do that, especially in the beginning. Now, acute, short-lived, okay? Subacute is medium term, and then we have chronic, long-standing stress. 
you know, our mind, will, emotions, our whole bodies, it differs according to the level of stress that we're under. Okay, so everyone knows that like in an acute stress, there's a sudden reflex, flight or freeze that happens, and the brain becomes more alert, the heart beats faster, and the blood vessels to the skin constrict and divert more uh, blood to the brain and the muscles so that if you got to run, you can run. Adrenal glands secrete adrenaline and corticosteroids into the bloodstream. Okay, so there's that state of maximal arousal results. It's a tiger. I got to run to save myself. And it usually dissipates quickly. Now, interestingly, something can happen, and they call it a paradoxical situation. When a person gets under this kind of, ah, it's a tiger, they can actually become paralyzed, faint, or even fall asleep. So recognize that that is all under this acute um, stress. You may be around people like that. Something happens and they just freeze. They can't move. They're in a burning house and they just stand there. But that's next level. It's called the subacute response. Now, this is more prolonged stress, okay? It's not just the tiger's here today and gone tomorrow. And it's usually marked by anxiety or an excitement, a moderate, you know, just a moderate arousal. And you'll think, well, gee, excitement, that's not so bad. But think of all the kids in school, their anxiety and how they may be showing you that they're having this subacute level of stress is they're just hyperactive. You know, they can't think on things for long. And what that really is, is, is a subacute response to more prolonged stress. Now, we're going to see here in this level two, alterations in sleep, appetite, and even libido. Even if that stress included the threat of death, he retains a fighting posture and he does not expect disaster. Okay, so isn't that kind of interesting? Um, but that is the subacute, this level two stress response. Now, here's what happens. If the things that you've used in the past to deal with stress are absent or destroyed, or you're not able to do those things, like uh, go for a run on the beach. Um, you know, I heard of people being arrested for walking on the beach or playing basketball in their own yard. So if these coping mechanisms are taken away, there's an accelerated transition to the final chronic stress phase. All right. Now, this chronic behavioral response to severe stress, it could radically impair your ability to live in a normal, low-stress society. And unfortunately, it's often essential for self-preservation in extreme pressure situations. But a continuous state of anxiety may develop. And along with this can come profound depression of mood and pessimism. So your thought processes, your bodily desires, and your functions, they regress. Okay, so that's where you may be seeing people who in the past were very and highly functional, almost go into an arrested state. They start acting more like children. That is just because this is what this severe stress is doing to their thought processes, desires, and functions. All right they become numb. It's like the house is burning down. Okay. They no longer, because um, it's like, you know, like the fuse box 
kind of when the you have too much electricity and the fuse blows. Well, that can also happen in your brain. And it's like the fuses are blown and there's no electricity running through. The lights are not turned on. And this happens to people too under this level three chronic stress. All right. So this is not a good sign if you see this in people around you. And the person can just develop a condition of total denial. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. But in a way, they've just kind of like disassociated too. The fuses have gone out in the brain. So it is as though the mind being too overstimulated tripped its fuses or relays and they cease to recognize any bodily or sensory stimuli. It can even go to the point where they get to go where I want to quit living. I give up living. I'm sure most of you are very aware of how high the suicide rate has come of just all of the mental conditions that have been exacerbated. Uh, And I personally know of a person who had um, a severe, they were a very high-functioning schizophrenic, and during all of this, they totally lost it. They walked in the park. They, They, you know, and who knows if these people will be able to come back to the level of function that they were. All right. One of the things that happens is when you're overstressed, you become more accident prone and you have accidents. And um, this is with everything. And a lot of this is just doing to your brain is so overstimulated that it doesn't register anything. Right. So you go through the red light. You pour the coffee over your hand because you're not paying attention instead of into the cup. Okay. A lot of people just uh, stop eating as their way of coping up. Another way that you may not be as aware of, but giving up can take other forms. People can become susceptible to illnesses like bronchopneumonia. They call these psychosomatic diseases because the stress is in the brain. But what happens is the stress in the brain, uh, in order for you to cope and handle this, it turns into a physical ailment. A real common one is duodenal ulcers asthma, difficulty breathing, bronchitis, and even coronary disease, tuberculosis, and even cancer. We should really realize how devastating this is. And then um, when we're under this third level of stress, I thought that was interesting that it's our lungs and our breathing, uh, asthma, bronchitis, and those are almost the symptoms of the recent pandemic, aren't they? They talk about shortness of breath, not able to breathe. So is it stress or is it a virus? All of this stress is used intentionally or not to break us down, all right? Increased drug and alcohol, we have seen that tremendously. I thought it was so interesting that, you know, churches had to be closed, but it was okay for the bars to be open. Those are all destructive coping patterns. And when people are under stress, a lot of the things that um, we go to are destructive. You know, shopping spree. Of course, you had to stay home and you got to just shop Amazon or the major ones out there. They take away the good comforts like going for the gym or going for a run, taking your dog out, playing basketball. All of those were kind of taken away from us and which makes it even harder to combat and relieve this stress, okay? Two misconceptions that people may have. Um, One misconception is that by assessing a person's previous personality, we can predict their endurance under stress, 
Okay. So what they found out when they did this was that it did not matter what your personality was. Everyone under stress will have the same symptoms. Okay. So we can't rely on the flesh in a way or our strong will, or we think we have a real strong mind. I'm just here to tell you people that um, stress has a way of getting around all of that. Okay. The second misconception that people have is, oh, I have strengths of character. Okay. And I can survive life-threatening stresses indefinitely. Well, they found out during World War II that this absolutely was not the case, especially, I think it was in Korea, you know, where they, uh, really showed a lot of the stress tortures that had happened to our military men, that any person can be broken down using uh, these very, very stressful measures. So people, it's not our strength of character that's going to get us through, and it's not our wonderful personality that will get us through. For those that are Christians and read the Bible, it says that Jesus Christ holds all things together. So during all of this, I have said, Jesus, you're going to have to hold me together because you're the only one that can do it. Doesn't that just take a lot of pressure off you? You know that there's nothing in yourself that's going to keep you from cracking up and doing all sorts of crazy things. But Jesus Christ, he can hold us together. Oh, especially in America. You know, we, we're just rough and tough and hard to bluff how it goes. One of the things that I um, got from the Vaxxer.com with it's V-A-X-X. T-E-R, and Dr. Tenpenny uh, runs that. And one of their groups, um, really, the doctors are uh, really coming out and saying that why lockdowns, and especially this one, you know, during this current pandemic, that it poses a very small risk for healthy under 60-year-olds who have uh, a greater chance of accidental drowning than dying from the current virus in this pandemic. And lockdowns, they're saying that the cure is worse than the disease. And they say that the uh, this response will destroy seven times more years of life then the lockdowns will save. We probably all have personal examples where this lockdown, this isolation, even kids being at home and not being able to go to school, you know, they call it a lockdown. Some people call it house arrest, but they're finding out over and over the damaging results of this isolation. And people were not made to be isolated. In fact, um, if you want people to get better, you need to be hugging them because when we hug someone, it releases all sorts of good things in our body. And a merry heart does good like a medicine. And most of these protocols have really made us very sad. So all of these things that they're saying are helping us. Actually, scientifically, if you go back, they're doing the opposite. There's medical and psychological aspects of affliction and torture. Um, in the context of political repression, this happens quite frequently all over the world. The political climate has, you have to see that as malevolent and appropriate. Okay, so what they do is that they will weaken the compensatory moral and habitual defenses of the person. Commonly, this is achieved initially through systematic uh, debilitation of 
the people that they're doing it on. Some of the methods are semi-starvation. Semi-starvation is that you're not getting the food that you need. I think of our Meals on Wheels program, where a lot of elderly people were not able to get the food that they needed. Exposure. Some people were having to stand outside in long lines to be tested, and they had no covering for them. Exploitation of wounds. And this isn't just physical wounds. You know, we all have wounds uh, from various things. And so they play on that. I think that was part of the thing behind the rioting, trying to divide black and white. Uh, They play on the wounds that people have to create this debility. Induced illnesses, a sleep deprivation. I know one of the things is that People were not getting the sleep. They were worried. They were scared, and rightfully so. Uh, Lack of proper hygiene. And a lot of this is, you know, the shortages we had with the personal protective equipment. Okay. And then just this prolonged, in military terms, they called it prolonged interrogation under extreme tension. But I saw this kind of happening where I worked is you got to take your temperature. Did you travel? Did you do this? You know, you have this form that we have to fill out every time we come into the building and take our temperature. And it causes a lot of tension because if your temperature is too high, well, you can't work. And if you have any signs and symptoms of this virus, uh, they just automatically send you home for 14 days. Who can afford to be off work for 14 days? I mean, talk about tension, right? And then just fatiguing physical exercises, you know, like wearing a mask and all of this protective gear, but wearing a mask and breathing in your own carbon dioxide all day long, and very damaging. I have one friend who by wearing a mask, actually she had to quit work because it was affecting her eyes so badly that she was kind of like going blind. And so I just want you to kind of see the effects of what's been happening there, okay? And what it does is it really works on you uh, physically and psychologically, and it impairs the working of the brain, and it hastens the collapse of the will and the morale. Cerebral metabolism, you just can't think straight. Sleep deprivation, oh, you know, that is a whole PhD in itself, the study of sleep. And if we're not getting the sleep we need, you know, that is a torture. You know, sleep deprivation is a torture that they use, and it has profound effects. And realize, people, this isn't just with older people. This is with kids, babies. It affects everyone, okay? And what you may have noticed uh, or your friends may have said is that with sleep deprivation, you're going to get a progressive increase in dreaming frequency, okay? But it's not going to be the nice ones. It can even go into disordered perception and hallucinations. So that's kind of scary, isn't it? Three things that they use, it's called debility and it's called dependency. And the third one is dread. That's kind of the state that they're working for, debility, where they're just trying to debilitate the person, weaken them. I'm so tired. I'm so, you know, uh, through isolation, you know, you're deprived of company and kept in suspense with, well, how long is this going to take? And they keep moving the date. And, you know, even boredom contributes to the spiral of stress. Okay. And then, of course, we've already talked about they don't let you take physical exercise. And actually, people, if this goes on long enough, have been known to develop other diseases that we've talked about. And some people, we've noticed an increase in what they call cutting. 
And that's where a person will cut themselves. And what that does is when they cut themselves, they feel a release of all this anxiety and terror. And so all of this stuff has increased since we've had to follow these protocols of our public health system, which has never really been done before in any other uh, pandemic. And so the second thing is dependency. Well, need I say more? How many millions of jobs have been lost? And if I find that sheet that I had millions upon millions of jobs every week, it was scary. I mean, not in the history of man have so many millions of jobs been lost every week after week after week. You know, like the government says, they become a sympathetic listener and, okay, we see what's been happening to you, um, but you're totally dependent on someone else uh, to feed you, to feed your kids. How many people can't pay the rent? The homelessness rate is astronomical. Not everyone has a good family support system where, okay, well, I'll just go live with mom and dad or my sister or my brother. Many, many people, uh, our society has really broken down in this area. And so you become dependent upon the government. And when they had the stimulus, everyone was sent a check. Well, you know, it didn't go very far. Maybe it helped you with the rent and a little bit of food that month, but it still didn't save your business. You've lost your business. You know, American people, we tend to be very independent and we like to do things our way and take care of ourselves. And so it really starts to tear your integrity down on the inside when you have to become dependent, um, especially on the government. Most people are raised, you know, don't go to the government for help, do what you can. And it's not that uh, it's wrong to do that, but um, this can really start to break you down on the inside too, this dependency. You know, that's what you do. You grow up, you get a job, and you move on. Now, this dependency, it's kind of like taking us back, regressing us into childlike behavior, children, you know, big, the government, mommy, daddy, and then I'm the child. And then of course, there's, oh, we have stipulations on uh, what we'll do if you are going to get food stamps, or if you are. So that really plays on most people. And then what happens is dread, okay? And that's kind of the aim of it, is to get you to dread. Dread is the most expressive term to indicate the chronic fear that the communists attempted to induce. The fear of death, fear of pain, fear of a permanent disability, or maybe violence against loved ones at home. Or even the fear of our own ability or inability to satisfy the demands of the people that are putting all of these things on us. It really is preparing people for complete compliance. And it should be stressed here that complete compliance may mean a whole range of subservient actions. You know, it isn't just, um, they may be different levels. You know what I'm saying? It's not that we're all slaves today, but little, um, okay. Um, so these coercive stresses seriously affect one's customary way of looking at and dealing with yourself and others, okay? Usually produces a state of over-arousal by disturbing the feeling of inner and external security and stability. 
And when we do not have this inner security and feeling of stability, it really works to um, leave you open to control of all different types. So the first part, the step in the three Ds is stability, okay? They physically and mentally want to make you weak. Then dependency, you will only get what they feel you need. This is where a lot of services have been cut out, a lot of uh, medical help that people got, they didn't get. But dependency is, well, we'll give you what we think you need. Then dread, the last one is that intense fear and anxiety. And often the threat of inducing all of this is not knowing when, not knowing when. This dread is when will it end? When will this happen? It's never knowing. You're never quite sure. And this dread can just really, really grip you and paralyze you too, okay? You know, that dread is that fear of anything vague or unknown. But what happens under dread is this is when we start to regress in our behavior, in our thinking, okay? And it makes it much easier for us to control and to comply. Okay, just, just let's just do it so we can get it over with. I would like to share with you now a Dr. Bitterman. He prepared a chart of coercion. And I'm going to go through that. And he has eight general areas. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to do this analytical comparison and analyze what he put under his eight components of the chart of coercion or torture and what we may be seeing today. Now, this is not an exhaustive list or anything, but it does demonstrate the essential character of stress manipulation to get us to do what we're supposed to do, all right? So the goal is for the person to be trapped in a situation in which the stresses are manipulated so as constantly to frustrate this need to behave in a consistent learned personal behavior pattern and in accordance with an esteemed self-image. Okay, so both of these are necessary for the protection of our basic self-identity. So when I read that to you, many people feel trapped in a situation in which they have no control over and the demands are being changed weekly. And then they will let up on the demands a little bit and we think, oh, things are going to get better. And then all of a sudden they say, nope, we're going to go back to strict lockdowns again, which have proven to not work worldwide. And so they're frustrating us. And this is having a really deep effect on us more than you may realize. Well, we're going to go over his eight. All right. So the general method is one is isolation. And the effect of that is that it deprives the person of all social support of his ability to resist. And it makes you more dependent upon um, the person imposing the isolation. So here we have, you know, solitary confinement. That is what all of our little people in long-term care under solitary confinement. I'm telling you, they are in their room 24-7. This also uh, happens with hospitalization. You are not allowed to come in to see your, say your grandpa or grandma was dying or whatever. You cannot go and be with them. We have travel restrictions, a quarantine, semi-isolation, you know, house arrest, be six feet apart. And like I said before, the group isolation in the nursing homes. And uh, these is all number one under charter coercion. Number two, um, monopolization of perception. It fixes your attention upon the immediate 
predicament and it fosters introspection, which all isn't necessarily good. Okay. Um, what this also does is they eliminate stimulus uh, competing with those controlled by uh, the captor. Well, um, all information, I mean, I think we've really seen this. Uh, YouTube is being scrubbed at a ferocious rate. Every YouTube program is rammed through an algorithm to see if they even want to put it on. Um, competing stimuli is being uh, scrubbed out from us. Okay. Um, and then, you know, it frustrates all actions not consistent with compliance. So if you aren't compliant, there's a price to be paid and it just weakens your um, mental and physical ability to resist. So, you know, here we have censorship, uh, repeated phrases. You're going to kill your grandmother. You're going to, I mean, they just put this like you have the keys of life and death. And uh, they keep saying repeated phrases and code words over and over. And they have media blitzes where every channel is saying the same thing. And anybody saying something different is scrubbed. Okay. So the variance of this is physical isolation by yourself. You got to, um, you know, you could be the one that's sick and in the hospital. I even read where they were separating babies at birth from their parent mothers. And that is very damaging to the uh, growth and development of the child. And um, so, and then guilt trips, uh, you brought this on yourself. Uh, you know, uh, they're saying that you're all the problems for this restricted movement. Uh, they even had in our town, besides not being able to fly anywhere or go anywhere, uh, they were clocking how many people were leaving my city and going to the other city. So they were really monitoring your travel. And they were also saying is, you know, stay out of the public parks. But if you have to go there, stay in your car, where one of the best things for your health is to get out into the woods and the forest and walk around. All right. So uh, monotonous food. You know, we had restaurants closed, no farmers markets, food shortages, um, and that uh, semi-starvation. You know, we had uh, meals on wheels and different things. But um, and then exposure, um, you know, lineups with no shelters, the homeless population suffered greatly with this. OK, the exploitation is there. Take your temperature and contact tracing and um, induced illnesses. I know they've uh, ramped up a lot of frequencies and we've all heard about the 5G and how that's playing a component in this. Sleep deprivation, I tell you, it's pretty hard to sleep when you're really worried. Um, and then this prolonged constraint, you know, quarantines, no visiting, prolonged interrogation. And actually, that is what was coming through the media over and over and over. And then there's self-care you can't do. Doctor's visits are canceled, school closures. Uh, the number four is threats. And threats, what they do, their effect is to cultivate anxiety and despair. Now, these threats were very real. Children were being removed from their families. You cannot return to work unless you test negative. You've been out for 14 days. This contact tracing, uh, we're going to follow you. We're going to know your every move and what you're doing. And so is everybody else. And they keep telling you it's the new normal. It's the new normal. And um, then the threats, you know, the threats of death. You, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill everybody. And threats of non-return, you know, and the second wave threat. And they're using that on us now again and doing that. And then the threats of endless interrogation and isolation. They'll go, well, we're going to shut down if you don't comply. 
intimidation. And then they have vague threats. You know, they just imply all this kind of stuff. Then they have mysterious changes of treatment. You know, in the beginning, they say, well, we can do this and do that. And then, oh, all of a sudden, nope, can't do that. We got to do this now. You got to do that. Okay. With no really rhyme or reason or only a vaccine that we make will do. They relax their restrictions for a while and you get hopeful. You think, wow, maybe there's hope. Wow. But really, it really works to hinder your adjustment to the deprivation that you're in. Because you think, oh, there's hope. It's going to be over. We're going to go back to normal. Okay, so um, just be aware of that, that it's kind of like a tantalizing teasing. Maybe we can get it back if we're just good. If we're good children, then mommy and daddy will let us go out and play again kind of thing. Uh, number six is demonstrating omnipotence, okay, which the effect is to resistance is futile. That's what they're trying to tell you there, okay. So have you noticed that all over the world at the same time, the same things were being said? Okay, that's like God, you know, omnipresent everywhere all the time. And they give that godlike persona and they silence all other voices except for like uh, the CDC, who gates and those kinds of things they shut down the world economy not just in america folks i'm telling you the poverty has increased greatly all over the world people aren't working here they can't send money back to their families and you don't hear any of this but there is grave starvation that's happening due to what's happening here and they were laying down rules for the world now that's kind of like god would do right so that omnipresent thing and they tell you, we're all in this together. They have, and they will demonstrate complete control over your fate. You'll be fined. You'll be arrested. All of the penalties. Now, number seven is degradation. And that uh, the effect of that, it makes the cost of resistance appear more damaging to you than your self-esteem. So, no, that is why they shut down all the gyms. They shut down all the beauty shops. Can't get your nails done. Anywhere where you would go to build up your self-esteem and to look good and to feel good, they take it away from you. And they also say, we will tell you how because you know nothing. You don't know anything. And they just want you to feel that the cost of resistance is too high and that you will sacrifice even your self-esteem from that. Another effect of this degradation is that they're trying to reduce you to animal level concerns. Like, okay, I got to stock up on toilet paper. Man is not an animal. We are human beings, but they are treating us like animals. Okay. And they want us to think that we are that too. Okay. They deny your privacy. Did you know that all the HIPAA laws are suspended and now they're adding apps to your phones? There's no more privacy at all. They have totally taken that away. Okay. So the next and last thing, number eight, is enforcing trivial demands. Trivial demands. No hugs. Six feet apart. Follow the arrows up this aisle and down this aisle. Go in this door. Go out that door. Show support to be cast out. We had to have essential worker passes. Uh, so it is trivialness. It's just trivial. And it, it's like water dripping on your forehead, okay? It can drive you totally crazy. Another thing that's happening with this is that children are being taught to lie. By this, I mean, okay, so there was this family and they're in Walmart 
I guess apparently at this one Walmart, you could come together if you were a family. Well, there was the family and then there was like some other kids that came along with the family just so they could get out of the house for a little while. And so they're saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm her brother. I'm her sister. I mean, their children are being taught how to lie and manipulate. They're trying to make you take on a lot of false responsibility for other people's health and life. You know, people, God holds the keys of death and life. You don't have the power to kill somebody. All right. I mean, I'm not talking about shooting anybody, but what I'm saying is that it's all your fault. And if you don't wear a mask, you're going to make everybody sick and you don't care. That's what they're telling you. All right. And then that the threats of death and you may cause the death. No, we're not. No, I am not. You are not. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, the threats from other people. We were out of place. We weren't wearing a mask. And the guy came up to us and said, don't you realize you're supposed to be wearing a mask and you're going to be harmful to others? And I just calmly looked at him and I said, do you know that little bandana that you're wearing on your face is not hindering any virus from going anywhere? And even if you were wearing a surgical mask, it's only good for 20 minutes. How long have you had your mask on? He just stopped and, you know, it's like, I think he discerned he's not gonna, but they have been told bad science. It's not science. And when you confront them with real science, I mean, something inside him rang true a little bit. So then they're going to say that, well, you're selfish. You're only thinking about yourself. It's like, no, I'm not. I have gone to school. I have studied science. I have studied immunology and all of this, and it does not line up. So you kind of anything kind of bearing witness, you guys out there, you seeing what's happening with all of this stuff. Now that you know that that's happening, we don't have to be victims. And we are not to do, oh, poor me, the sky is falling, I'm going to die. No, people, no. We don't have to fall into that. You know, information is power. The powers that be are really trying to scrub information everywhere that backs true science. They are calling this the $6 trillion virus okay because of the historic effect that it is having all over the world dr david nabarro he went to the who world health organization he has been really speaking out against the lockdowns and what is really uh, occurring uh, the effects economically besides physical with all of this that has been happening. And they're saying extreme poverty, people. 16 trillion would be lost in the United States alone. And we have along with 60 million unemployed people this year. They estimate the economic cost of premature deaths through the next year will be at least 4.4 trillion. Did you know that at its peak, this virus produced 1 million job losses a week for 20 consecutive weeks. Never before in the United States history did unemployment exceed 700,000 lost jobs in any single week, let alone over five months. You know, people are really beginning to ask the question, is the cure killing us more than the virus is? The death rate from the virus is incredibly low. The CDC itself said there were only like 10,000 cases where all you hear on the news media and everywhere is 200,000 and there'll be 200,000 more. I hope you people see how we are being lied to and it's all to get us into that stress levels and chronic stress 
And this is where your body's going to break down and you're going to be non-functional and you will know you won't be any good to your family or anyone else, but you will be compliant. You will do what you're told. And this is the length that they're going through to do it. I want to encourage you. There are a lot of people in the medical fields really rising up and saying this is BS. I just want you to know that there are people that are really standing up and saying the practices of the current public health system, they're not helping the people. And so what are they really doing? And so what are they really doing? You know, all of the measures which failed the first time, well, they say they're going to reuse and double down, but for what purpose? Is it really for public health and your safety and my safety? That really doesn't seem to be driving the agenda, does it? So I just want to share that afflictors and torturers come in all shapes and sizes. They can be public health officials through lockdowns. They can come from the CDC, which is not a government agency. It is a privately owned corporation and they own most of the patents on the vaccinations. The media, the police, and then who are the victims? They're all the citizens of the world now, okay? And they want to have physical control by self-isolation, house arrest, social distancing, and quarantine of the sick and healthy. Did you know that this is the first time really in history where they have quarantined healthy people. The job losses are going to continue. We have separation of families where the social structure of our country is going to deteriorate at a faster rate. And they're going to be raising taxes. So get ready for that. Um, They're going to really try to tax you to death, they say, to pay for all of this. So they're going to keep the travel restrictions. They're going to keep the limitation on purchases and you have decreased choices. And we have shortages here of even essential items. And that's going to be the new norm. Okay. I thought this was interesting that the Geneva Convention in 1949 said that for prisoners of war, it expressly forbade the use of torture or coercion to obtain information or compliance. So actually, people, it is illegal to torture or afflict the people in your country or other countries. It does seem that someone is at war with American citizens here, doesn't it? So I just want to submit that to you, that stress and where it's coming from and why they're doing it is so that we will all be reduced and comply with what they want to happen. I said that in torture, it was systematic. Yes, it has been planned and it was planned a long time ago even documentation up to 10 and 20 years ago about uh, this virus and there's documentation where this was planned, okay? And it was methodical. And their rational purpose is irrational to us, but it's rational to their minds, okay? You know, we had this rapid universal adoption and compliance of new protocols all over the world. There was a rapid outpouring of signage Uh, The media all speaks with one voice and one narrative, censorship of all contradictory information. And then this public shaming rituals against dissenters, you know, that are saying, hey, let's take another look at this. This isn't right. And have you noticed the public praising of heroes for those that comply? Uh, This collectivism mentality for the benefit of all citizens. Okay, I'm a nurse. I am in the healthcare industry. And they're saying, oh, you're heroes. You're this, you're that. But you know what? Are we really? Or are we just being called heroes because we are 
carrying out the agenda that the government wants us to. Our whole society may implode on itself, okay? They have their means and purposes and why they're doing this, but we do not have to be the victim. We do not have to play into their hands, okay? We gave up our freedom for feeling safe. But isn't it ironic, the more freedom we've given up, the less safe we really are. I think in every Hollywood movie, they have a line that says, be safe, you will stay alive and you won't kill others. Instead of telling you it's to keep and defend their own power and privilege and plans. So people, I think that's one thing that we have to ask ourselves, what price are we paying to be safe? There's really no better time to be a Christian than now. And it's never too late. So you might want to consider if you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and you feel that prompting, he is tugging at your heart. It's very, very simple. You just say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I know that you were crucified and you rose again on the third day. And by your blood, you have forgiven all of my sins. And I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my heart and be my Savior. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. It's that simple, people. God wants to help us all through this, okay? His ways are always good ways. He's never there to hurt us or to destroy us. And you just never know what God can do till you give him a chance. If you're a Christian, God has prayer and special prayers, and we can do deliverance and get out these things that are just trying to get you to the point of committed suicide and ending your life, okay? That is not the answer, people. As sweet as it may seem at times, that is not the answer. So, Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I thank you that you are God above all gods. You know what is happening to each and every one, and you are a God that wants to comfort us, that wants to care for us, and that loves us. And so now I take authority in the name, power, and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take authority over all of these spirits of stress and all of the things that you're doing to the people now. You start coming out of the people now. All the spirits of stress. Get out now in Jesus' name. Go, go, go. Acute stress, subacute stress, this conic stress, all of this stress that's in your body, that's in your muscles, that's in your nervous system, that's on your mind like a vice. It's just clamping down on your mind like a vice. And this stress has just made you go numb. Come out. And everything that we've mentioned and I've mentioned in this, I command you, you get out of the people now. You get out of the people now. I command you to go. I loose the mighty warrior angels of God to go. Put hooks in your jaws. All the spirits of torture, all the spirits of anguish of body and mind and agony. Go right now in Jesus' name. I command you to go. Get out of the people. Lift off of their minds. You get out of the minds, especially all these disheartened, loosed heart, broken hearted. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Go. Spirits that are working to uh, fragment their will. You just Tell them, oh, just submit, just comply, just do what you're told. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on. Every one of you demons that have been sent to break their will and break their power to resist and you want to force compliance, get out of the people now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on. All those spirits of fatigue and tiredness, I'm just wrung out. Come on. Come on. Go. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. All spirits of affliction, get out. Every one of you. Come on. 
and all those annoyances, embarrassments, all the spirits of distress. Come on, go. Despair, despondency, discouragement. You get out now. I loose the spirits of hope and encouragement to go into the people now. Come on, all the spirits of being on the rack, that stress, that straining, that wrenching. Come on, and even all the physical and emotional pain. You get out of the people now. Go. The Lord Jesus Christ is high above all. Come on, and I command you to go. Get out. Come on, torment, persecution, suffering, annoyances. Come on, and let's go. Go, torment, and fear hath torment, and bondage again unto fear. Jesus Christ's name, we break that three-stranded cord now of fear, torment, and bondage. I cut and separate you off from each other, and you get out now. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Go. Get out now. Every one of you, agony, horror, misery, distress, hurt, pain, travail, tribulation, woe, plague, all of these. Get out now. Come on. And I command all of the viruses. Get out of the people now in Jesus Christ's name. I command all viruses. Get out of the people now. Go. And any disease that you have brought in with you, I command you to go now. Get out now. I command you to go. Come on. And all of the bad bacteria, MRSA, VRE, all of these things, all of these conditions, you get out of the people now. Go. I don't have to call your names, demon. I am taking authority over each and every one of you, and I am commanding you to get out of these people now. I lose health. I lose a merry heart that works good like a medicine. I lose joy. I lose encouragement. All you spirits of darkness, all you spirits of darkness and destruction, family destruction, despair. Come on, get out of the people now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, all these spirits of debility and dread, get out of the people now. Go, go, go. Get out of the people now. All the spirits of molestation and pestering and vexing. Come on, trial. Get out now in Jesus' name. Sorrow, sadness. Come on, all of that. No way out. I don't see any way out. I'm trapped. Get out now. Go, go, go. All the spirits of grief. Come on. All that grief and loss. Get out of the people now. Go. That spirit of trouble. You get out of the people now. Go. That spirit of trouble. Come on. The spirits of worry, upset. Come on. Strain, stress, disquiet, discomfort, oppress, overpower. Get out now. Every one of you, I command you to go. Come on. All of that emotional and physical pain, you get out of the body, you get out of the mind, wherever you are, get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, every one of you, every one of you go. All those things that we met, sleep deprivation. Come on, all the spirits affecting the sleep in the people, get out now. Sleeplessness, come on, worry, come on, all of that. All the sleep deprivation and everything that you bring in, you get out now. Go, go, go. Come on. Every one of you, go. Come on. And all those spirits of stress that are all attached to this, I command you to go. Helplessness, hopelessness. There's nothing I can do. That's a lie, people. Tell it to go right now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, go, go. Come on, helplessness, hopelessness, spirit of the victim, self-pity. 
feeling sorry for ourselves. It doesn't do any good, people. Come on, get out now in Jesus' name. Push them, push them. Come on, every one of you, I command you to go. Apathy, all spirits of apathy, get out now in Jesus' name. Come on, go. Oh, well, what will be, will be. Come on, let's go. Push them out, push them out. Every one of you, all these spirits that we've named throughout this whole time, you go right now in Jesus Christ's name. Every one of you, all the spirits that have messed with your thought processes, your body desires and functions, come on, that have been arrested, I command you to go. And all the arrested development in these areas, you get out now. Father, I ask that you go in and heal the minds of the people, the brain to be the standard temperature and pressure and function now in Jesus Christ's name. Go, come on. All the fuses that have been blown in the brain. All that short-circuiting. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you're able and you want to. And we loose the angels to go into every person's brain now and reset the fuse boxes. Okay, all the fuses that have been blown, we loose healing into each and every one of you now in Jesus Christ's name. We lose healing and angels go now. All the angels that are needed go now and fix the fuse boxes in people's brains. Come on, let's go. Get out right now in Jesus' name. We lose the mind of Christ. I lose spirits of peace. The peace that passes understanding and that guards our hearts. I loose that into each and every person listening now from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Just let the peace flow. Just feel it flowing. Come on, just like cool water on a hot desert. All the spirits of accident prone, destruction because of the your mind and the trip fuses. Come on, all the spirits of accident, injury, death, destruction, accident prone. Get out now in Jesus name. And all of the psychosomatic things like bronchopneumonia, come on, ulcers, asthma, bronchitis, all of these, I command you to go. Come on, all the conversion things that I cannot take the stress so it manifests in my body as something else. You get out now, wherever you are, I command you to go now. All spirits of suicide, contemplating suicide. Suicide is sweet release. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, all these spirits of believe a lie. Okay, all you spirits that let people believe a lie and you won't let the truth in, get out now in Jesus' name. Cognitive dissonance that doesn't want you to receive anything different than what you've known in the past, even though it's killing you. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. All that cognitive dissonance, get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, every stress manipulation that's using just to break the people down, go now in Jesus' name. All spirits of alcoholism, drug abuse, abuse, child abuse, family destruction, marital fighting. I command you to go. You get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Go, go. I lose spirits of reconciliation and compassion and being tender-hearted one for another. Your friends and your family are not your enemy, people. Your enemy is spiritual and it's demonic and it's not the people you live with. Remember, we fight against not flesh and blood, okay? So let's point our swords in the right place. Come on, let's go. All spirits 
spirits of denial. Nothing's happening. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Come on. All those spirits of denial. Go. All of it. Out, out, out now. Come on. Every one of you. Come on. All of it. All spirits of isolation and the effects of isolation. Get out now in Jesus' name. Come on. All the effects it has on your health. All this isolation. I command you to go. Come on. Introspection. I'm going to curl up into a ball and protect myself. It's just me, myself, and I. Come on. Get out right now in Jesus' name. And all the spirits of anxiety and fear, nervousness, terror, go right now in Jesus Christ's name. And I loose angels and the spirits of God to go and strengthen your mental and physical abilities to resist. And Father, in every area that we're coming, I loose the mighty angels of God to go in and restore and rebuild the people now in Jesus Christ's name. I command you to go all of this, everything and all of the effects of Bitterman's coercion. I command you to get out of the people now. Go. I lose hope into the people. I lose encouragement into the people. Angels, open doors for employment for these people. Provision. I ask, Lord, that you would multiply their food and their gas and that their clothes for the kids would grow with the kids and and the shoes that what we have now will last us as long as we need to things won't wear out and I also lose angels to go now and just start finding jobs and things for you to do give people ideas and of witty inventions and things that they can do father now that their minds are starting to come back and they're in their right mind again Lord speak to them about what they can do and show them things in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, and I command all those spirits of debility, you get out now, all debility, that physical weakness, spirits of weakness, run down, get out now in Jesus Christ's name. All those spirits of dependency, come on, get out right now in Jesus Christ's name. Go. All those spirits of dependency, well, I guess if the government doesn't help me, there's nothing I can do. No, 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 people, no. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ, not the government, okay? Come on, all those spirits of dependency, arrested development, get out right now in Jesus' name. And all those spirits of dread, I just don't even want to wake up in the morning. I just dread that. Come on, that anticipation of that is just so torturous. Like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, go, go, go. Every one of you, up and out, up and out, up and out. Come on. And everything that we've talked about, I command you to go. I lose health into you and I lose hope. All those uh, demonic belief systems, all those demonic belief systems about diseases and how you get sick and all of that come out of the people now too in Jesus Christ's name. All the spirits of bad dreams, hallucinations, all the effects of sleep deprivation and not getting enough sleep. Come on, sensory deprivation because we've got to wear these crappy goggles and these face masks and all of the other stuff that we got to wear. Come on, that's sensory deprivation, people. That's what that is all about. Come on, go right now in Jesus name. Come on. Unbearable anxiety, tension, panic attacks. Go, 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 go. Come on. Nightmares. Some were of nightmares of drowning, suffocation, killing people. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Every one of you go. All of it. Come on. And all of the fears, emotional exhaustion. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on. All the spirits of emotional exhaustion, indifference and apathy that takes over. Go. Get out now. Push them, angels. Push them, push them, push them. Come on. All that passivity. Just case all. Give up. Come on. All that passivity and the mind, the will, the emotions, heart, all of it. Get out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on. I command you to go. Come on. Every one of you. 
I break the demonic soul ties that are over you. I cut and sever and break all of the psychic soul ties that are over you. I cut, sever and break all the soul ties with the government or any public health thing that is detrimental to your health. I cut, sever and break that now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just lose godly soul ties to go between the people to encourage them. And it says, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Lord, these soul ties can travel a million miles and help keep us connected in Jesus Christ's name. And all the spirits that are lying to you that work on your self-image, oh, you're fat, you're ugly, you're this or that, get out now in Jesus' name. Come on, you get out of the people now in Jesus' name. Go, every one of you. Every one of you go. Job 36, 15 says he delivers the poor in his affliction and he opens their ears in oppression. Okay, there's a, a promise, people. Okay, and Psalms 22, 24 says, for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither has he hid his face from him. When he cried unto him, he heard. So people, God does not think anything less of you no matter what situation you're in, okay? He is not hiding himself from you, so don't hide from him. Okay, cry out unto God. Cry out unto him, all right? In Psalms 25, 16, it says, Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted, and God will. And so all those spirits of desolation, you come out too now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, all those spirits of desolation, afflicted, trouble. Come on, lack, want, and need. Get out now in Jesus Christ. Come on, come on, let's go. Every one of you go. And there's a, a verse in Genesis 41, 52. It says, and the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And so, Lord, I just pray that for all of the listeners now, that they will be fruitful in the land of their affliction. I lose fruitfulness on you. I come against all spirits of barrenness. Come on, go. Afflictions, go. Push them, push them, push them, angels. Come on. Exodus 22, 23. God says, if you afflict them in any wise and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. Okay, people, start crying unto God because he says he will hear you, okay? He will hear you. And all the spirits of the spoilers, you come out of the people too now. Come on, go. Every one of you go. Come on. Now, so people, there is a principle that in Exodus, and it says in Exodus 1.12, but the more that the Egyptians afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Egyptians were grieved. So people, under affliction, we don't have to wither and die, okay? No. Let's say, God, you're no respecter of persons. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, okay? When they were afflicted in Egypt, they multiplied and grew. And that's what I loose on the people now in Jesus Christ's name. We are not going to wither and dry up and blow away and go away. All right. Come on. All those spirits that are bothering the people now that we've named. And even those that I haven't named, you get out of the people now. Go, go, go. Come on. He says, and Second Samuel twenty-two twenty-eight, and the afflicted people thou will save. But those that have haughty eyes, you will bring them down. Okay, so we can pray this. Lord, you're going to save the afflicted people, but those that are haughty and trying to destroy us, you are going to bring them down. Okay, people, I don't want you to think that God is turning a blind eye to what's happening. He isn't, okay? And this is our time to shine and show the beauty, the power, and the glory of God through our lives in this time. 
I just want to leave you with those words and encourage you. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. Well, Sharon, you don't have to hope. This was indeed a blessing. And again, the information is up on your screen, wccd.store. Jump on over there. So many incredibly helpful resources. It'll really bless you. I can't wait to come back on the vaccine show. Sharon, thank you so much for laying this incredibly important show today with powerful prayer. Thank you. And I look forward to coming back real soon. I'm already working on the show that we're going to do about vaccines. Thank you for listening to me. Folks, that was Pastor Sharon Mulkey. The information is up on your screen. Hey, don't forget, folks, go to Sheila Zielinski slash donate. Get behind this ministry today, please. Will you help me fight back against this big tech censorship? Boy, it's amazing how sponsors will uh, jump off the ship whenever you are going to talk about vaccines. Good luck getting a sponsor. (laughs) Yeah, gee, can't figure out why I won't get picked up with Christian Broadcasting Network. Hmm, wonder why. Thank you for your support, folks. Tomorrow on the program, it is... Dr. Ted Brower, you don't want to miss that show. And Alex Newman is on Friday. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.